When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. Nick Wilson, Spencer German celebrating a 24-10 Ohio State win in Camp Randall. And Spencer, listen, we're, there's a lot of things to quibble about with this game. I want to remind everybody, it's really tough to beat Wisconsin at Cam Brandle at a night game. They had, a, I think it was a nine-game winning streak going into tonight. There were some things that held Ohio State back, namely the play of quarterback Kyle McCord. But, like, to me, this comes back to what we talked about off the Penn State game, which is as frustrating as this game could be, and it was a lot closer than the 24-10 to 10 final score would lead you to believe up until about six minutes to go on this game. The reality is Ohio State passed another test. When you take a quarterback in his first year starting on the road in that environment against a really good team, and their defense at Wisconsin had a hell of a day. They got a lot of pressure on Kyle McCord as well, which probably aided to his performance. This is a good win, and it doesn't feel like a good win because it's not a 40-0 to zero win. Trust me. This is a very good win, and just like Penn State was passing the test of the best team that you had played, and Notre Dame on the road in South Bend was a test, you passed the Camp Randall, the the fickle, uh, I can't remember what we said earlier in the week, um, the fear of fickle, you passed that, there was no revenge <laughs> for Luke Fickle, you passed the test, you won the game, and this is a good win by Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think that for this Ohio State team, I'm sure there was fans who thought, okay, you're coming off the Penn State win, and hopefully this this is like a momentum builder where some of these other teams that you should beat, like that was kind of a scary one. Michigan's a scary one. And so I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people who are like, oh, well, Wisconsin, you should sort of move your way through that one pretty easily. And, um, you know, Rutgers is next on the schedule. I'm sure people are thinking the same thing with that. Maybe that one actually is one that they move through pretty easily. But I do think, to your point, Nick, Camp Randall's a tough place to play. Camp Randall is an even tougher place to play on the road at, at night, like uh, like the game was tonight. Um, I I think the 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 reality with this Ohio State team is when they go into any of these environments that can be tougher, or teams that are going to be physical with you, or teams that are going to at least that are competitive in the Big Ten. Obviously, we're not talking about the maybe the Rutgers of the world, but like a team like Wisconsin who has won the Big Ten before, generally competitive in the Western side of it, but also just in the conference in general. Like they're going to give you a little bit of a test. And with this Ohio state team, you just got to kind of expect that. And I, I think the the measuring stick for this team at this point is like, are they continuing to when they get in those tight moments when, you know, they could pucker, are they fighting through and coming out on the other side or are they getting rattled? And then it all kind of disintegrates in front of them and they lose the game. Like maybe we've seen with some of the Urban Meyer teams when those situations happen because they were so used to just winning by a lot that when they got in those tight moments, they weren't really, really prepared for it. I think this team is the utmost prepared for a game like tonight where it's kind of a slog. It's a slugfest. Wisconsin's being physical. They're keeping you out of the end zone. They're stopping you on fourth down, and you got to kind of just grind it out, and they were able to tonight, and they get the win. And like you said, it was the next one on the schedule. It was a tough one. It was a test, even though this isn't maybe the Wisconsin of old. And yeah, it's it's a it's a good win for them to kind of add to the to the record here, and they keep it moving. I just gotta say that was two shots, that was two strays fired at Rutgers in this. Uh, so <laughs> if Greg Shiano's watching this right now, he is furious. And if they lose to Rutgers this he's week, probably it'll be on gonna your listen. Head. He's probably yeah. gonna listen to this, and then he's gonna tell everybody something. You know, there's some weird stuff going on over here with this podcast. 
Yeah, this uh, this Spencer German bro is the reason why Ohio State's going to lose. They're going to play it for all the kids out yonder at Rutgers. And uh, if you are just joining us, Sons of the Shoe podcast, Nick Wilson, Spencer German, please, please, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcast. We're on 92.3 The Fan uh, YouTube page. We are a new podcast. We're very happy to be here, but uh, can use your support as always. And you know what's funny, man? Like, I think what tonight proves – is just the kind of margin of error that you have offensively when Travion Henderson and Marvin Harrison Jr. play. And, like, I think I think that margin for error even gets great when uh, Ibuka comes back, but, like, I think you saw it. Like, McCord had two interceptions. He had the fumble that Ohio State recovered. Honda McCord, and- you mean? Honda Accord. Sorry, Honda McCord, exactly. <laughs> and he, he ran like a piece of – crap Mitsubishi from like 1982 um but so he had two he had two interceptions he had two intentional grounding penalties which were I mean in in other games in a in the Penn State game would have killed you and he had that fumble that even though Ohio State recovered that's five huge mistakes and that's just in the box score so the idea that you could have that happen at the quarterback position and yet you win 24 to 10 on the road and not just that. I mean, I you know you mentioned uh, that. Well, it's not quite you know the Wisconsin we're used to. I got to tell you, I think Luke Fickle's team is on the come. I think they're right yeah, around the corner. I agree. Like, I mean, the fact that they had the better half in the second half, their better half um, in the second half without Braylon Allen, who who left the game with a lower uh, left lower leg injury. I don't know why they had to add three L's and make me sound stupid. There what is, is this like hockey now? They're just. They're not specifying what the injury is. They just say it's a in this area of the body injury. That's all my, it is. My favorite is when somebody's like, "I got a he, he's got a knee. Mm, he's got two knees." Yeah, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> not but even I know knee. that. I might two be. Knees. Yeah, I might be a dumbass, but this guy's got more than one hamstring. Okay, bro. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I thought I thought Wisconsin played really well. I thought that defense was oh my god. I mean, what was it? Four yeah. sacks. I, I want to write, make sure I get this right. Nine tackle for losses. They got consistent pressure. And in the face of all that, it was Travion Henderson with a 100-plus rushing yard day in his return. Oh, he's got a touchdown there. He had four catches for, I think, 45 yards as well. And then it's funny, man. Like Marvin Harrison, they're they're putting so much heat on this dude. They're putting so much focus that it really is like, you, you go like 10 plays without hearing his name and then he gets open and it's a 50 yard play. It's a 25 yard play. And that, so just, you know, on top of passing the camp Randall test, it's just so wild to me how much adding just Travion Henderson back the margin of error this team has regardless of who's at quarterback and regardless of how well the defense is playing. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. I, I agree with you too, that Wisconsin is, probably on the the come up if you will um i mean listen you got a freshman at quarterback and owen arnett maybe he's not like their long-term answer at quarterback either like i don't i don't know what their recruiting trail off the top of my head looks like oh, are you um, talking about you're talking about uh brayden brayden or sorry yeah Bra- i'm sorry i'm sorry um no worries yeah. brother um yeah i i, I think that um it's, it's 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 a it's, it's a tough test as always it's a it's a physical team and um i the thing with Ohio State at this point for me is you have a defense that is otherworldly and you talk about margin for error. Like they allow you to when they allow you to have the performance basically that Kyle McCord had tonight, where he has two interceptions, one of them in the end zone, which was very costly, and they can kind of bail you out of it because they're gonna keep the get the score close and they're not gonna let it get away from you. Um, and that's kind of what we saw tonight against a team in Wisconsin whose offense is fine. It was something special. They slowed them down as much as they slowed you down. And I'm going to be honest, Nick, like in a lot of ways, this game reminded me of the Penn State game because you saw it was kind of a, a lulling to sleep, if you will. Defense kind of held their own. Offense did some good things, did some bad things. The hits for some big plays. You mentioned uh, Travion Henderson, who – I thought at times was like the one, the one thing you had going for you in the first half. And then there was times where he got kind of bottled up a little bit as well. Um, But yeah, like I I think when you have a defense that's good and you have some of those star players like a Trevion Henderson, like a Marvin Harrison Jr. 
it allows you to, in the key spots and key moments in the game, you go to those guys and they're going to make a play for you. And, and that's kind of been to me, like the story of this season has been, they don't have the quarterback play that you need to necessarily be a top title contending team at this point. And maybe that changes. I don't know. Um, but they have the star players and the talent to beat most teams on any given Saturday, because whether you play in close or not, like those guys are going to rise to the top and, and take Ohio state to where they need to go. And I think that's what played out again tonight. And that's well, and, 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 and really I, quick on that yeah, and real quick yeah. on that. I actually want, so I think it's really important that's what what's happening right now is that Ohio State offensively is just out talenting everybody. It's Travion, it's it's Marvin, it's Abuka when he's been in, it's Cade Stover whenever he's allowed to be a target in any game, which he was not in this. And I kind of feel that like defensively as well. It just feels as if the the goal at Ohio State at this point is just we got to outlast you, and that yeah. really can work with the level of talent they have. There's just one team on on yeah, on the docket that it doesn't work against. Now, now that doesn't mean they can't beat Michigan. It just means like if your plan is we're gonna we're gonna try and out talent you. Well, Michigan's incredibly talented. If your plan is we're gonna try and out outlast you, I mean that's that's hypothetically possible, especially in Ohio State Michigan game. But I think that to me is the one game that this this you've got to have a different thing to go to if you want to beat Michigan. Because right now, yeah. like Rutgers can play close next week. Rutgers is a good team. Wimsett, I really like their their quarterback. He he can make some big plays. So that's that's a nice player. Uh, that's a nice player, and that's an okay team. Uh, Minnesota is a nice team. The only team you're probably guaranteed to blow out is Michigan State because of circumstance. But like, this is just, this continues to be the thing of, and it's why Ohio State fans, I think, have such a hard time giving this team credit is because every time you say, oh, well, they passed the test, it comes back to, well, yeah, but the test is going to be different against Michigan. And I I totally get it. And like, now it becomes, can you see enough uh, growth over the the remaining three was it three or four games here before Michigan that can kind of lead you to believe there is that 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 second door to go yeah. through. Yeah, that's the hardest thing. It, I, maybe maybe a good way to put this into like a metaphor. You call it a test. Like it feels like these games have all been little quizzes along the way, but we know that the big test at the end of the semester really is Michigan. Like that that is the true test of how good this team is um how what what how we how we look back on the season and talk about it it's the test of what the future probably holds for Ryan Day in a lot of people's eyes I'm not saying the university's eyes necessarily but certainly in the eyes of a lot of fans um so yeah like these are all little tests or quizzes along the way but that's the thing that everybody has their eyes on so I understand why like you'd watch this game and you'd say well more of the same like we're gonna get destroyed by by Michigan but like what do you want him to do I like I I've had to come to a point after being a guy who said that I could see this team losing multiple games this year where I realized like, Hey, this season is going to be what it is. Maybe they can go out and beat Michigan, but you know what? Like they're still finding ways to win. They're still being a, a top five team in the country. And what do we always say? Like survive in advance. Like we can't use cliches like survive in advance and, you know, win the games, win, win against the opponents that are in front of you. Like we can't say those things and then like, be like, but it's not. So I don't know. I, I think, I think that there is something to be said for the way this team is winning. It's different than past Ohio state teams. And I think that doesn't probably sit well with people, but yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it, yeah, you're right. It's about dominance. And I, I yeah. think that's a little bratty. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like, look at look at Georgia. Georgia's had some games where they've played closer. You know, certain opponents closer than normal. They have not been the the typical machine that they are. Um, I mean, Alabama has been up and down. Like, to me, Michigan has been the most dominant team in the country. And who the hell have they played? Yeah, they don't have a Notre Dame or a, or a Penn State on no. their record. And and I gotta say, man, like, it's funny. I don't think the defense actually played as well as the 10 points that they gave up might tell you because they played, I mean, they were dominant in the first half. And I was surprised that, uh, that Braylon Allen only had five carries or was it 
He had 10 carries for 50 yards. 10 carries for 50 yards because – But he also – he had two fumbles. One of them he lost too, so – And those were early in the game, but I thought he got rolling, and I thought it got to a point where I don't know why they just didn't give that kid the rock unless he was also a little banged up going into it. But I'm, I'm telling you, man, the best football Wisconsin offense played was in the second half. And and Braden Locke is is probably not the dude right now, but I'm gonna tell you that was that was a big ball that's a big balls performance out of that kid, because a majority of the 259 yards that Wisconsin had came in that second half, and it was really about just big chunk plays. So like even though I mean uh, I got to make sure I get the name correct here uh, the the Ohio State uh, defensive lineman. Uh, Tyleek Williams, holy crap, he had a great game. But like JT didn't have his usual game. Denzel Burke had a really nice game, actually. You know, yeah. also like with Trevi, uh, yeah. yeah, coming back in the lineup. But like, I thought they gave up a lot of chunk plays in that second half, and I think that is as much credit to Wisconsin and the balls on the lock kid than it has anything to do with Ohio State, who might have worn down a little bit. But like again, man, I, I. I think this is one of those games where the box score does not tell the tale of the tape and specific to Locke, like his, his box score is, is doo-doo. It's 18 of 39 for 165 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he also he had, had, a he big, had some big throws though. And he had a huge run. Also a 29 yard run that was on a quarterback draw. That was, was uh crucial in the second half. But like, I got to say like, was that kid earned my respect tonight? And I think like, I think he made as many big plays as I've seen anybody this year make against this defense. And I just, so that's not to disparage the Ohio state defense. It's to say that Wisconsin really, really put a, for, for a team missing any semblance of a running game for a team forced into throwing the ball with a quarterback who is a freshman, you know, transfer from, Oh hell, I can't remember what school it was, but he's a freshman transfer. He's like 19 years old, and for him to make some of those throws against this Ohio State defense, I thought was incredibly, incredibly impressive. Now, we have not mentioned. We've mentioned a lot about Maserati Marv, who we have to talk more about. We've mentioned a lot about the defense. We mentioned a lot about um, Travion Henderson, but I have a Ryan Day theory on what happened with Honda McCord today. And why we saw some of the things we saw out of him. I'll share that with you on the Sons of the Shoe podcast after this quick word from our sponsors. All right, guys, back to the fracas here. Ohio State 24, Wisconsin 10 in Camp Randall. And here is my Ryan Day theory. And I don't know that Ryan Day will wasting no time. This. We're coming Waste, right, I, right out of the gate with it. Because I try it took all of my honestly, all of my effort to not put it in the first segment because we, we wanted to focus on all the good things. <laughs> um and and listen, this is where we start talking about uh the the Honda McCord, Kyle McCord's performance today, which I think we can say as a starter is the worst performance he had. Yeah. And I mentioned the two interceptions. Uh he was sacked four times today. Uh they bottled him up a bunch. He he looked confused and frustrated at other points. Uh he had a fumble. He had two intentional grounding um penalties that were were crucially bad. When he threw and, that interception in the end zone, it looked like he had like seen a ghost. He was yeah. just standing there just like what well, people on the podcast, if you if you don't see the video of this, you can't see what my face is doing, but he was just like he just had this blank stare on his face, like yep. he was just staring into the abyss. It was not good. No. Well, even the second interception, he went over to Ryan Day and he had the Will Smith. Well, what had happened was like he <laughs> he didn't know. He just blatantly did not see uh the guy coming from underneath. I, I think yeah. it was a linebacker. But like, here's my theory on McCord's performance today. Given that you have limited runway between now and the Michigan game, I think Ryan Day looked at this as an opportunity to say. Wisconsin's a nice team. It's in their house, but I might take a, I'm, I might loosen the reins just a little bit because Travion's back and because Marvin Harrison Jr. Now you've got a weapon in the backfield plus Marvin Harrison Jr. At any point, you got two weapons. That gives us an incredible margin for error, especially with the defense and the way they've played. And so I think Ryan Day kind of 
kind of looked at this and like from a play calling standpoint, there's a little bit more loosey goosiness in terms of what they, the situations that they put McCord in where like, think back to the Penn state game. It was, it, it was clenched fully and Ryan day was clenched the whole game. I thought there was some aggressive play calling there. And again, the end result isn't good for McCord that that you put him in some more aggressive positions and he turned the ball over so much and made so many you know dodo plays. But I think if you're Ryan Day, you almost have to put him in those situations in the less than you know stressful matchups yeah. because you got to see if you can you can you can kind of push his floor up a little bit for the Michigan game. And I I, I think he was a lot more aggressive with McCord and let McCord be more aggressive because it was Wisconsin, and because I think Ryan Day felt comfortable that even if he screwed up, he was going to be able to win. And honestly, yeah, he did. I mean, it was it was it was five crucial plays that in the just in the box score alone that McCord you know biffed up on today, and you still ended up getting in the end a fourteen point win over Wisconsin on the road. I like that theory, um, and, and and to your point, I, I think that. Um, I, I think he he does have to understand the situation. Like the 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 quarterback play they've gotten to this point probably isn't going to be enough to get you past Michigan. And I think recognizing that, I I could see why he'd probably try to use this game as we called it a, a test in the first segment. I called it maybe like a quiz in the first segment towards the end there. But like, why not in those moments try to do that? But I also think Nick, like to that point, it's a it's a testament to the faith he has, A, in his defense, but also just B, we talked about how he likes to throw out the my team's physical, my team's tough to my team's tough narrative. It's mm-hmm. a testament to his belief in that team that even if he knows, hey, my quarterback is going to maybe make some mistakes or isn't the best that we've seen in recent years or has, has these flaws in his game and we're going to try to see how far we can push it, that he still trusts they're going to get through that moment on a bigger stage in prime time in a tough road environment and still come out with the win. So I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I do think too, like you talk about trying some different things. This felt like the first time in a while, and and maybe it's as simple as well, Trevion Henderson was healthy and he played, but mm-hmm. it felt like this was the first time in a while that Ohio state had a run game. And yeah. I've kind of felt that if I'd feel better about this team, Long term, again, I guys, I promise you, I am trying to take now after the Penn State game last week. I am trying to enjoy every single week of the season. You're, and just, you're trying not to eat a shit sandwich again bro, every bro, week bro, on the that, podcast. That, but I'm also, I'm also like, I've had to, I've had to accept that. Okay, I undersold this team, and I was being hyper. I was being emotional as as somebody who obviously likes Ohio State. Like, oh, I you know they're gonna probably lose a couple games to prepare myself for the worst. And I have to kind of accept. Like, listen, they've proved me wrong at every turn. They've went out and they've won the games. Whether or not they're close or not shouldn't matter. They're winning the games, and that's all we can ask of them. So I've had to kind of come to terms with that. Um, but like th- this, if if I've kind of felt throughout the season that if you could get your run game going. And the mm-hmm. offensive line could kind of figure some things out and they could get stronger as the year went on. And you have this three-headed monsters, uh, monster of running backs that could all kind of carry the workload on the offensive end. And that takes some of the pressure off McCord where he only has to make – he can make less plays for you because you know you have that run game to kind of fall back on. Then maybe that's what gets you to win that Michigan game or maybe that's what gets you into the college football playoff and then you make a run. Um, and so tonight I think the most encouraging thing for me is the fact – that you saw an Ohio State team that could run the football, and that gives me hope that maybe something's happening there. Uh, I don't know. It's one game, maybe not, but but I think that's maybe the most encouraging thing I'd take away from Well, and real quick, look back to the 33-yard touchdown scamper. Yeah. That is as good as Ohio State has run block. That specific play where they got a hell of a push from the left guard. I believe, I think it was either the center or right guard got up into the second level and took on a linebacker. And like, that's as pretty as we've seen this year on any individual play. Some of that is Travion Henderson and his ability to, uh, to put opposing defenses on skates. But I also think some of it is, I, I think, I think having a player like that running behind you gives you more confidence. And 
Something that I've pinged back and forth on, and I still don't know if I'm landing exactly where it might land right now in this moment. Like, I think you know, your two biggest concerns right now are just the consistency with uh, Honda McCord. And I have a and, question for you about him, by the way. We'll get to I'll, it. Both. Can I wait to get to it? And, and the offensive line and whether they can consistently either pass pro or run block at any point. And tonight made me feel like, well, okay. Travion, I, I, you you mentioned he got bottled up a, a couple times early. That's fair. He got bottled up a, a couple times late too. But I also felt like, like every time they got him the ball, like even in the first quarter, they threw him that pass and it went for like 30 yards. His first yeah. reception was like 30 yards. Like anytime they were getting in the balls, good things were happening. Well, and I think like tonight's the kind of game where if you had said, all right, which one of these things, McCord's accuracy, consistency, whatever, or the offensive line, uh, in, in consistency, just across the board, pass pro, run pro. If you'd asked me which one I had felt like was going to to point to that North Star and get to where it needed to be before Michigan, coming into this game, I might have said McCord. And, mm. you know, some of it is how bad he played tonight. And some of it is, I just, I do think like as inconsistent and, you know, Simmons continues to be trouble off the, the left tackle spot. But like, I think you saw enough positive things in the run game that like you just need to be elite somewhere. You if if you're going to have like over the next 4 weeks you need to prove to be elite somewhere on offense. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to come outside of the eliteness from Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin for uh Maserati Mar for Heisman by the way for Christ's sake. Um I think it, I saw then then they flashed a stat at one point that was like He's the only receiver in school history to have five games of 160 or more yards. Like, that's absurd. I believe there's that's been some, right. There's been some good receivers at Ohio State, too. Like, so just like, a few. Yeah, just a like, few. But I do think, like, tonight's the kind of game where now I'm leaning that the, that the, that the run blocking specifically has a chance to unlock – or rather, mm-hmm. Travion Henderson has a chance to help unlock the potential of the run block. And if that happens – that does that does bring your ceiling and your floor up a little bit. Well, okay, so forward. this was this was you, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit because that was going to lead into my question, which is uh, basically that: like, do you have more faith at this point? You have three games to go before Michigan, four games in total. Do you have more faith that over the course of the next month, when we get to that Michigan game Thanksgiving weekend, that Kyle McCord is going to take a leap and maybe? get you to a point where you're like, all right, the quarterback play is more stable and maybe that's a, that's going to help us get over that that Michigan hurdle or that this run game can kind of get going and that can be their identity on offense and then maybe that's the thing. Which one do you kind of have more faith in at this point? Um, I just haven't seen enough from McCord. I just haven't. I mean, in terms of growth, and I'm sure there's subtle things there, but the accuracy still – that touch is still a significant yeah. problem in games for him to throw their way to victory. And, you know, like, I, listen, I think the next couple games before you get to Michigan are going to be more of the Ryan Day theory of, well, let's go ahead and let him kind of cut loose and see if we can build confidence and maybe, you know, unlock something there. But, like, at the same point, it might look better because you're not going to be playing as many great defenses. But I just think at this point, this is who he is. And I think I think his improvement could come from year one to two, assuming that he's back next year as the the full fledged starter, but like, I I think it's got to be the run game. I think, and 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 it's simply because Travion Henderson is an NFL running back, um, and I, I just think that he just takes so much pressure. It's like Nick Chubb in Cleveland, a running back that great. Now in his case, he's elite as a pass catcher and elite, you know, uh, you know, coming out of the backfield running the ball. But like I just think a, a running back that is that elite at this level can help take pressure off the offensive line where they don't feel like it's the, they it, you know where they got to get every yard for the back and then all of a sudden I think it makes train him better. I think it makes all the running backs behind him better. So that that's got to be their identity. I, I what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I tend to lean the same way. I I think with McCord I'm just I remember when what was CJ Stroud, right? He played in the the Minnesota game his his first year when he was starting, and like you walked out of that game and it was kind of like uh, I don't know, like there were some good moments and there were some bad moments, and we all kind of chalked it up to well, hey, 
first time starting at the college level for this kid. Like, let's give him some time. And then by the end of year two, yeah, there was the two blemishes of you hadn't beaten Michigan, of course. But, I mean, there was debates about whether or not he was the best quarterback in Ohio State history with just the numbers he was putting up and the touch on his passes. And obviously he's taken – he's off in the NFL now and he's he's probably having the best rookie season of any of the rookie quarterbacks right now. So you don't usually see a lot of quarterbacks come out of Ohio State with that pro style to them, and he's, he's shown that. So it kind of took us time to see – Stroud take that that next step and sort of figure it out but the difference is like midway through his first year you were seeing the progress kind of being made and at this point with McCord we're now in the final like quarter of the season here going into the final quarter of the season and we still find ourselves waffling week to week on what he is how good he is how good he can be sometimes there's really nice throws the touchdown pass that he kind of just plopped in over top to Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, that was a great throw. That was that was really nice. A better was, catch. <laughs> it, it, was, yeah, it was a better catch. But, yeah, there's there's moments where you see him drop some in, and you're like, okay. The, the Notre Dame game, the throw he made to, to Marvin Harrison where Marvin Harrison had to leap out and kind of catch it. He also had that dart to Abuka that got him down into down to the goal line before they obviously scored the touchdown there. Like, he has some nice throws. You're like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, like there's something there. And then – he has like for every one or two good throws like that, he has like five throws that you're just like, what the hell is going on here? And so yeah. I, I I have no confidence at this point. And I think Travion Henderson is a more established talent at this level where you know what you're getting from him. I think you're right. Like he gives the offensive line confidence because they know he's going to make them look good. And I, I'm, I'm putting my faith in that being the thing that as the season continues here, these next three games leading into the Michigan game, that's the thing that kind of lifts them to a point where we'll get to our Michigan panic meter coming up. But that makes me, when we get to the Michigan game, going into that game, where I'm more in like the white or the light gray versus being in the light scarlet or scarlet area. Because I think that Ohio State actually has something they can bring to the table to throw at Michigan and, and have a chance. So I think, and I actually wrote down this note about uh, – it was actually after a nice play and then a bad play by Kyle in the third quarter <laughs> that he's like this, it's this unholy trinity of not mobile, like at all, um, panicky under pressure. Unholy trinity, I love this. <laughs> and not incredibly accurate. So like the like with just any quarterback, okay, yeah. what's the thing that you can fall back on? Well, he's kind of a one read and, and book it kind of guy. He's not, you know, like he, I, I think he, I think he's getting better at reading the defense, but he's still, I think very simplistic in his reads when he does have to tuck it, you like, it's pretty much going to be a sack or an intentional grounding. And then like, you know, like getting back to that touch thing, like that's, and I've, I've asked, you know, we've had on our show afternoon drive with myself and Dustin Fox, cheap plug. We've, we've had several quarterbacks on and I'm like, okay, walk, walk me through this touch thing, because that to me is the thing like that you can't teach. You can't like, I'm, I'm sure you can get it more crisp, but like you add to it any sort of processing issues. And now you're like, well, okay. So he's a little slow, holds onto the ball too long, not mobile. And then you're just, you just know, like, and what's crazy about it is man, he'll make three or four throws a game that are as pretty as anybody. I mean, they're not Mahomesian, but I'm saying, like, you mentioned the Marvin Harrison. Like, I'd love to give him credit for what a great throw that was. It just happened to be a better catch. I mean, it was maybe his oh, best throw of the night. But like, the best zero football so even far. some of the throws, I'm trying to think. He had Tate across the middle in the Penn State game, just a bullet right into his hands, into like yeah. a, you know, a, a window of about a foot or two. But, man. You you get you 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 circle back to the unholy trinity of <laughs> what McCord just can't do right now, and you ask yourself, well, can that get better? You know, or how much better can well, it can, get? Can, can that get better even in like another year? Yeah, that's the thing is people are like, oh, he's going to be the starter next year, and he'll be better. It's like I don't even know if it's going to get better by next year, and that's going to be a question I have to answer down the line. We're obviously focused right now on the now, but just, I mean, and, and again, to go back to the CJ Stroud example, like. You mentioned there's some throws with McCord where you're like, oh, holy smokes, like there's something there. We said that same thing with C.J. Stroud, but the difference, Nick, 
is that with CJ Stroud, it was, okay, there's a couple good throws in these first couple games. Mm -hmm. But then those couple good throws became the majority of the throws. Like the majority of his throws became those throws. And then we were like, okay, this kid's legit. With, with McCord, like I said, we're entering the final quarter of the season and we're still waiting for that to happen consistently. So, I, well, again, I, I just have no faith. I, this, if this team's going to have any chance of doing anything in the playoff, doing anything against Michigan, it's going to have to ride the coattails of their defense. And hopefully this run game that starts to emerge after this game is serving as a spark for them. Um, and I, ha- I have I have hopes for that, and hopefully the and, the and the biggest part of that, the biggest thing that can derail that, of course, is Trevion Henderson not staying healthy. Here's another thing: uh, how Stroud was different, and and the knock on Stroud early in his career, and even late into last year was, well, he's not mobile. And what we saw against Georgia is he is mobile. They just don't move <laughs> Ryan him around. Day, Ryan Day saved the the yeah. CJ Stroud run package for the playoff. He's yeah. like, we're not using that until we get to the playoff, guys. Sorry. So, and we never really had to see how mobile CJ was because he had a, a really good offensive line most of his yeah. time there. So now you've got a guy in like Kyle, you just see he's literally not mobile. This isn't CJ Stroud of like, it's a game of, of peekaboo. I almost let the tiger out of the cage there. <laughs> like, it's not a game of peekaboo. Dude, dude is not mobile. And he happens to play behind an offensive line that is just this side of dog shit. So like, well, okay, that's not fair. That's white, really not wait, fair. white dog shit. Like, I, like or just I'm going to make him, I'm going to make him eat the, the dog shit. No, um, <laughs> it's lick by the way, lick, yeah, but, it's lick the dog shit. man, I just, he is. And here's the thing he's battling. So like, it's, I, I keep trying to remind myself first year as a starter. You just never know. Like, This is a lazy comparison to me because it's the anomaly, but you can make the comparison of Joe Burrow year one in LSU to year two at LSU. Now, Joe, again, was not the most mobile guy, but actually can move and make plays on the run. Kyle, you saw the play on the run where he's running. What was it? A rollout? And he, that's the interception, the first interception on the sideline where he just tried to fit it into a window the size of a, I don't know, my double chin. Like it just he, was he not. Basically, he basically did the uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. somewhere over there. Let's just yep. throw it. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and real quick before, because we, we've spent so much time here talking about Kyle, I, I think we're re- getting really close to having the, the Marvin Harrison. Uh, junior for Heisman uh, conversation mm. because Caleb Williams has taken a step back. Penix took a step back. Like all, all Marvin Harrison Jr. really needs is JJ McCarthy to have a real ass game against Ohio State or Penn State. And I think Marvin could take the lead. I still think that's, I think that's become such a quarterback award. It's damn near impossible, but I think Marvin has. Well, Devonta Smith did it a couple years, a couple years ago. Well, and I think that was a year where you look at the quarterback play and the perception, not the reality. The perception was <laughs> that quarterbacks weren't having good enough years. I still yeah. think Caleb Williams is pretty damn good. I think Penix is a lead, yeah. but and McCarthy is, is clearly the best quarterback in college football along with Drake may right now. However, I think I think you know Drake May's got the bad loss on his resume. Now I think you go to JJ McCarthy if he has one bad game. Sig- yeah. Seriously, I think I I listen. You know I'm a FanDuel guy. I don't hate the idea of taking the uh, the long odds and throw some money, throw some money on Marvin Harrison Jr. You know what, Nick? And, and and this makes me think of this too. Like as we sit here and try to contemplate. Well, you know, is, is McCore going to get better? Or is the run game going to get better? And what can we put our faith in with this team? Like, and we try to find the recipe for winning against better teams with this with this team. I also think too an, another element of that is, more, well, uh, it, it seems kind of cliche just to say Marvin Harrison Jr. is an element of that. But I think the way that Ryan Day uses him is what I want to kind of get to with this because early in that game tonight. Um, there were points where like they were throwing it up to him deep and just, they were basically doing what I said, like, Oh, he's down there somewhere. Let's just throw it up. And it wasn't working because the Wisconsin, the Badgers had a really good secondary and they were kind of locking him up and making some good plays on him. And it wasn't really that effective. But then what happened the first time they ran him on a crossing route over the middle of the field? Well, they got him open in space and then he did the rest. And so I, I think that's another easy way for them to take some pressure off Kyle McCord 
get the balls in one of the, the ball in one of their playmakers' hands. And so I, I think the, that that's the recipe. It's it's get be creative in the way that you use Marvin Harrison Jr. and that gets a little bit easier when Emeka Abuka is back. Um, but also find a way to get this run game going the way, like it did tonight against Wisconsin. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that is the full Honda McCord report as the Buckeyes <laughs> get the 24 to 10 win in Camp Randall over Wisconsin. We've got to get to the Michigan panic meter. We've got to get to love it, like it, and leave it. But first, a word from our sponsors. All right, Spencer, it's that time of the podcast where we look at our Michigan panic meter now with three games to go before the Michigan game. And for those of you scoring along at home, we have five levels of the Michigan panic meter. Five. Five. I know it's so tough to, to like figure out. <laughs> when anyway. we're zooming on our faces, it's not that easy. It's, so uh... it's it's just like the uh, the national um, security, yeah, threat risk, whatever the hell they call it anymore, um, <laughs> because it's based on color. Except this is on Ohio State color. So gray is the least concerned. Light gray is the next level up. White is neutral. Light scarlet is you're really starting to panic. And then scarlet is the highest level of panic. I came into today um, at white and I will now be moving back to light scarlet. This is a nice win. It's a good win, (laughs) but man, I got to tell you, like this is this McCord performance should have you shook and he can maybe disprove it over the next uh, three games there. I think Travion Henderson and Marvin Harrison Jr. give you a lot of leeway here. But, man, if Kyle McCord puts the ball, gives the ball away two times or more against Michigan, you could get routed. And, I mean, Michigan's offense, J.J. McCarthy is going to be a real test for your defense. So it's you can't count on them to, to hold Michigan to 10 points here or 20 points. McCord has to be better, and that's that's the only reason. Everything else to me in this game is gravy. Even some of the bad stuff I can live with. But like specifically McCord's performance, it should have you clenching just a little bit. So I'm now back to light scarlet. Uh, yeah, I uh wait, I thought I thought you said you're moving. Oh no, you said you were in light gray. Were you in light gray or were you in white? No, I can't remember anymore. Listen, the point is, <laughs> don't turn this around. So I think I went from light scarlet. I think that you were in white initially, and then I think in, on Tuesday's show, I think you went to light light gray. And no, now sir. I, I thought you did, and then I and now I think you said that you were going back to light gray, but then you said you're going to light scarlet. No, I had been at light scarlet. The Penn State um, win pushed me back to white. And now this win you pushes stayed, me back. You stayed in white on Tuesday, is what you're saying. Yes, I believe okay. so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I know. I, as far I as I know. know. <laughs> Roll the tape. Let's get it back. There is gotta, no tape. There is I, no tape. If, if I wasn't the – I'm the producer of the show, so I don't have the tapes to roll. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I've, I've firmly been in light scarlet. It's, it's, it's – <laughs> It's funny, Nick, because I want to talk myself into white by being like, hey, you know, the run game really looked good tonight. And we just spent a whole segment talking about how, oh, maybe this could be the identity of the team and the thing that flips the switch for them and gets them a little closer to Michigan. Right. But then it it, it like you bring up the Kyle McCord thing and I'm like, it feels like you're taking three steps backwards. So did, did I, I successfully push you into more panic? No, you didn't push me into more panic. I think I'm just going to end up staying where I'm at. Like, I think I, I want to say, oh, I'm white. I feel a little bit better. But I think, like, every, for, for every every turn, here's what it's like. Phrasing, I, by the way. Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> Phrasing? Yeah. Because you drop. said, I want to say I'm white. But <laughs> we need that drop, honestly. Easy. <laughs> Noted, by the way. Oh man. Uh, moving on. I, so, are you uh, staying white? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm. I'm. I am now. I'm staying light scarlet. Is what I'm mm. staying on okay. the on the on the Michigan panic meter specifically. Um, but basically, it's like every time I turn the corner, and it's like, oh, look, the sun's out, and there's rainbows, and there's butterflies everywhere, and I'm feeling pretty good today. Then I get to the next alley, and then out pops just Kyle McCord's head. He just like. 
sticks his head out and i'm like he's like oh. the gopher from uh caddyshack <laughs> yes yes exactly he's he's just there and then i'm like oh god this guy and i i every time i think i'm in the clear then i'm like reminded oh yeah this guy's still playing quarterback so for now i'm staying that was a very long, convoluted way of saying that i'm staying at light scarlet all right that brings us to love it like it and leave it, and I will start. I actually have two Lovitz tonight. One, Ohio State is 8-0. And for all the panic, for everything, and even as I panic now about Michigan, they've passed every test to this point. It doesn't matter that they we might doubt their ability to pass the ultimate test. They're 8-0. This is a good win. This is actually, when you factor in how bad Honda McCord was, it's a fantastic win. So... Uh, congrats on passing the test, Ohio State. You're 8-0. Let's act like it. And then the other love it was Tyleek Williams. That dude was a wrecker tonight. That dude was a badass, and he was huge for the defense. Uh, I can't believe he only had four tackles, but he had four tackles, a sack, uh, two tackles for loss, and I would guarantee that if you look at his pressure numbers, he had a couple more pressures as well because he was everywhere tonight, especially in the second half. How about you? What's your love it? Yeah, those are some good ones, Nick. Uh, well, first of all, I love that Rutgers is on the schedule next because any- <laughs> three, that's three threes. That's just dirty work, brother. <laughs> if there's ever an opportunity for a comic core to get right, it's going to be against Rutgers. Um, that's no. Michigan State. <laughs> that, yeah, that hit them too. Uh, they they got a, Michigan State's got a lot of problems right now between uh, the Mel the, the Mel Tucker stuff and some things that they're showing on the scoreboard at their games. It's not pretty. Listen, I would just say if ever you have an opportunity to show a picture of Hitler on your scoreboard, don't. I, I just, yes. like, Seems I like feel, it's pretty common sense. Honestly, well. maybe there, maybe whomever ran the, the video graphics package has yet to pass the logic class in school, or maybe they, maybe they skipped out on that day in history class, but uh, you know, it's a they're a learning institution. Um, like, like there's 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 cute ways to do that. Like the Cavs, you know, no, no, not not show Hitler, but to get the effect they were going for. Oh my goodness, this show, this show is completely off the rails. What I'm trying to say, like, I think what the effect they were going for was we want to put something on the video board that will make people boo. Like that's what they're going for, right? I, I I'm a, I'm a guessing that was the the thought process behind it. Uh-huh. And I was gonna say at the Cavaliers games they do cute things like, oh here's a Steelers logo, and everybody in Cleveland hates the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Oh here's a here's a Ravens logo. Here's a here's a picture of um, Art Modell. Like whatever they they put stuff up there that's gonna make people boo. That's like you know funny and it's sports related. You don't go straight to Hitler. That's like the the, the farthest end of the spectrum you can go. Here's to. the thing: you who could thought, honestly who thought that was a good idea, Nick. I don't you, understand. You could have used any World War II dictator, <laughs> and not like you could have used Mussolini. Other than Hitler, you could have used Hirohito. You could have used Stalin. Like, oh I mean, you could have used Churchill and maybe you still get some booze, even though Churchill's kind of beloved. Like you could have used any World War II. You could have used any other Nazi and you might have gotten away with it. But you had to use the Nazi. <laughs> I don't understand. All right. Let's, uh, did you did you give uh, your love no, again? No, my other love was going to be Travion Henderson. So uh, he's here to save the Ohio State season. That's rude. I'm sorry. I, that's a little hyperbolic. He is here to hopefully give Ohio State an identity on offense. That's what I'll say. Yeah, it's tough to say he's here to save the season when they're eight and zero, Bucko. Let's move it to this, like this it. This entire segment has just fried my brain. I have nothing. I have no, no coherent thoughts at all anymore. I, any comments that I make after this would probably be tied back to Hitler and probably get us in trouble. Um, so that let's get to like it. Um, Camp Randall night games. Um, I, you know, it was so funny. Ness was watching the game with me and she's like, is that a college stadium? <laughs> like looking at Camp Randall. And I, I got to yeah. say, man, I, I n- never Wisconsin and going to Wisconsin was never, ever on the forefront. But ever since I got out of college, that is such a beautiful uh, campus. That is such a beautiful stadium. And when you add to it, the environment at night, those Wisconsin fans are absolute nuts. I've I love Camp Randall night games. So that's my like it. How about you, bud? 
You want to you want to get involved in the uh, jump around? You want to participate in? in the I'm jump too around? fat to jump. Let's just <laughs> if I jump, tru- little trouble truffle going on. <laughs> if I jump, I'm going to snap an Achilles, and it's going to be a, a a year. I'm not going to get the Aaron Rodgers treatment either. It'll be a full year in an air cast, and my fat ass will never shoot hoops again. Uh, my my like is the Marvin Harrison Heisman train that uh, you alluded to earlier in the show. I, I I like where this is headed. I think you're right. You are a one JJ McCarthy dud game away from that being a real conversation. And if that game comes against Ohio State and Marvin Harrison puts up numbers in that game, obviously Kyle McCord has to get in the ball first. But if he puts up numbers in that game, then yeah, I, I think there's a real chance it could happen. I'd love to see it. All right, that brings us to leave it, and I'm actually going to nitpick. And I think this was an uneven day by Ryan Day. Um, Uneven night by Ryan Day, Uh if I want to be funny about it. But But I I don't have a lot of things to – like, if if my Ryan Day theory is that he was like, well, let's go ahead and test the waters and let's take this thing out into the open ocean and see what happens, um, it probably is the right decision, uh, mostly because you won. And he won in spite of of Kyle McCord. However – the second drive, in, in the first drive that you had the ball, it was a turnover on down, so I understand the thinking. But on at, at Wisconsin's nine, on fourth and two, you kicked a 19-yard field goal. I just think in that moment, you've got two playmakers, Travion Henderson and Marvin Harrison Jr. I know McCord is a is a turnover machine, but in that moment, the worst if, if, if the worst thing that can happen is he throws an interception into the end zone, it's not the worst thing in the world. I would have liked to see them get seven there. And I think that's a moment where that that early in the game, on the road, you get a touchdown there, it changes the complexion of the game. If you get an interception, well, they get the ball, you know, what is it, 20, 25, and it doesn't. So I that's a moment where I really would have liked to see a little bit more aggressiveness out of Ryan Day. How about you, bud? Yeah, I'm going to leave. I think I harped on this a little bit uh, in our Penn State episode, but just uh, I still just feel like the red zone play calling is leaving. Something's missing. Something. Am I wrong about this, Nick? Like, I know there was certain swaths of this game that I missed in moments in time uh, against Wisconsin tonight, but what, every time I was watching when they were in the red zone, it felt like there was just not the, the play calling wasn't great. There was just mistakes made. And I think we saw a little bit of it on like the fourth down play calls too. Um, and I think it's been a theme for the season for Ryan Day. I, I don't know what it is about that area, but it just seems like there's something missing. All right, guys, that does it for the Sons of the Shoe podcast today. Again, as we are a new podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast and on the 923thefan.com website and 92.3 The Fans YouTube page, where you can actually see our ugly mugs here. Uh, so please do be sure to do that. We will be back on Tuesday, getting you ready for the Rutgers game. With all the reaction of everything going on around college football and Ryan Day's most recent comments. But uh, until then, guys, Nick Wilson for Spencer German saying, go Bucks. Oh.